I'm Sam Mitchell. These are my stories. Hi, folks. I hope you're having a good day today. Let me the first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I am not a doctor or psychiatrist. If your son or daughter is diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak based on my experiences. I also do not own the right to the credit. The credit was found on ringtones.com and archive.org. I also have a mission statement I'd like to reveal to everyone. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities do not want to be paid. There's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some paid for the following. I have a message for you. Earlier this year, we participated in Lake Monroe's annual Cast for Kids event. I loved it. What can I say? Our sponsors, Brandon and Amy Barrett, organized it beautifully. It was a great event. There's an award ceremony for the women and fishermen, and there was so much happiness for everyone present. A group of disabled individuals and some amazing cabins went fishing together. An awards presentation followed. Mom and I discussed our mission with them. This event occurs annually, so be sure to take part. Jeff Barnes, the Eastern Region Director for Castor Kids, as well as Brandon Amy Baird, deserve our heartful thanks. You are all true heroes. Moreover, I've worked with children who are superheroes. A number of great people attended, too. Doug Killian, Andrew Woodall, Amanda Nixon, Natasha Humphrey. Amanda Tolliver, and Lisa Lazel, the rapper winner of the ATA training. It was great to meet Amanda Nixon, her wife, and she have wonderful children. Liam and Re- Rebecca Nixon were adopted in December 2021. Both have autism spectrum disorder. Oh, yeah, Spencer Owen is her school. She has joined the JV cheer squad for the first time. Good work, Becca. And I appreciate your 100%. Steve Mill and Angel Shear, your support. 100%. They're behind me, 100%. Providing quality task preparation, Bloomington, Indiana, Steve Miller Tax Service is one of the best tax preparation firms in the area. However, many tax returns are being submitted late even after the tax filing deadline. Most of the tax preparation services handle the tax filing process for you. Thank you so much, Angel. Don't forget to visit the Fowler Pumpkin Patch on Monday, October 18th from 4 to 7. Sam will be hosting a special needs event that evening to register a contact Renee Fowler. There are also some people I'd like to thank. In 2021, I'm entering the next great podcast awards. I hope to be selected. And I want to thank my mentor, Skip Daly, who was also greatly appreciated. We were getting to start an internship with him through Ivy Tech, and it is very exciting to me. The wrestling event he let me help with was incredible. I'd also like to thank Dakota Bullock, my Ivy Tech counselor. Dakota is awesome. And I got to see my friend, the WWE hardcore legend, Mick Foley, again, C145, gain hardcore Mick Foley for more information. What an amazing person and a great supporter of Autism Rocks and Rolls. And I continue to grow my numbers. Thank you for following my podcast and supporting my mission. I want everyone to watch for Stephanie Ryan's contribution to the Instagram show, Let's Talk About Autism. And a thanks also goes to the Unlocking the Spectrum for helping us with a special needs night. Thanks so much. As well, I thank Clubhouse and Meetaway Small Expo networking sites for connecting me. I enjoy my speed networking. I also want to thank the following podcast, Podcasting Business School with Adam Schauble, who actually lives 20 minutes from me. The Pencil Leadership Podcast with Chris Anderson, Time Out for Mental Health Podcast with Tim Crass, Yield Today Podcast with Dalen Collins, and Live TV USA Podcast with Dr. Moby. I really enjoyed being on this group of podcasts. Have a listen to each one. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to hear about Wellspring Pain Solutions. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Glasscott from the Glass in the Afternoon radio program on News Sports Talk 98.7 and AM 1370 and WGCLradio.com. And on behalf of Wellspring Pain Solutions, they're happy to partner with Sam Mitchell and the Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast. Wellspring Pain Solutions applauds Sam's mission statement to eliminate the stigma associated with autism. Here's what we want you to do. Check out the website, wellspringpainsolutions.com. You'll find out which of the four locations is closest to you. You'll get a chance to meet their team of providers and all the services offered at Wellspring. When you're there... Now the fun really begins. You'll find the link to Sam's website where you'll find all his podcasts, background information on his guests, as well as all the merch in his merchandise store. You'll be amazed. You'll have fun. You'll enjoy it. All we ask you to do is take a listen and spread the word that autism rocks and rolls. All right, folks, they are back. I know you'd be too nervous to meet these fine people. Now, today we all have a treat for you. I'm honored to say that my friend and a guy that I really been come close to a while back ago, through my eighth grade class, I met Mr. Lonnie Bedwell through my mother, who has asked him to speak for her classes for several years now. What would go on in Lonnie's resume? Here's what it would be. He has kayaked the Grand Canyon twice, has been on the Steve Harvey Show and NBC's The Today Show and The Bobby Bones Show. He's covered by local media numerous times and has several speaking engagements throughout the year. Lonnie hunts, maintains his home, works, has climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, 
teaches others to kayak and is involved with the Wounded Warrior Project and has touched the lives of millions who have interacted with him and watched him afar as he has conquered the world. Lonnie is a dad to three adult girls and several grandchildren. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention he did this all blind. All this has been accomplished being blind. Lonnie lost his eyesight several years ago in a hunting accident, but he never gave up and never lost his own vision. Lonnie also served in the military and the Navy, so we definitely appreciate his service. When people speak of Lonnie Bedwell, I am sure they think of the following things. Motivator, hero, go-getter, hard worker, dancer, and one that does not give up. Help me welcome Mr. Lonnie Bedwell. Lonnie, how are we doing? Good, Sam. Good. Thank you for having me on your podcast, man. This is awesome. No problemo. So yeah. my first question to you is, what does being blind mean to you? Wow. I've never been asked directly that way. Um, in some ways, it means nothing. <laughs> Funny as that might sound, kind of like you. It's just a part of my life, you know. At this point, I try not to even think about it. I definitely don't dwell on it. Uh, You know, I just try to go on and live a live a normal life and do the things I do and try to help other people realize that things happen and we can still overcome it and go on. Yeah, things can happen, and you can still live the life that you wish to. It just may take a little extra time to get there. Now, what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you were going to be blind? Well, for me, it was instantaneous. When I had the hunting accident, it was just, boom, completely lights out. I like to refer to myself as LOL, lights out Lonnie. So and actually, LOL cube, lights out Lonnie, who likes to laugh out loud with lots of love. So, lots of LOLs. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, lots of LOLs. But to begin with, it was just trying to survive initially when the accident happened. And then once I got out of the hospital, it was trying to get the strength to get up to do anything. And then then I did go through those thoughts and those things of, you know, who am I? What am I going to do? What do my kids think of me? And how am I going to do anything? And just, you know, trying to learn. Here I am. Now, now let's go on. Yeah, here I am. Here's the situation. Let's figure out what we can do from here. That's what you try to learn, basically. Yeah. And today, I mean, I really reflect on that big time today because, you know, I love acronyms and uh, my acronym for adversity, which, you know, going blind was adversity, but we all have adversity in our lives, sometimes on a daily basis, no matter how big or how small it is. I think the key to overcoming it is to break it down, you know, the A-D-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y, you know, acknowledging and accepting that there are going to be differences and difficulties. Sometimes that is the hardest thing to do. But once you do acknowledge it, you know, embrace it, acknowledge it, then it gives you the power to do the VER, visualize every route that you can take, everything that you can do. And then it also gives you the S, the strength to do what? To stand up and to step to where the ITY into you, your future, the things you can do, the differences you can make, the people you can influence, the life you can live. Yes, you can live. I mean, no matter what's going through your life, there is a way for you to hop over the hoop and move on in life. Now, how do you think, like, pardon the pun here, but like a blind brain, like, operates? Like, how do you, you have to think a little differently? You have to visualize stuff again or something like that? Well, you know, and I I can only speak from my perspective of having eyesight. I can't imagine living your whole life without eyesight and not being able to visualize the things that are out there. I have a lot of friends that have been blind since birth or since very young. And, you know, to describe what a caller is, they have no concept. You can't get them to get a concept of that because I had one person, for example, tell them, well, red means passion or fire. Well, not always. You know, red can mean love. Red can mean so many Uh, different things. So yeah. But from my perspective, I do try to visualize things as people describe it to me. I try to remember, okay, that's what that looked like. And that's what they're doing. And I truly do just try to build this picture in my mind of what's going on, what's around me. Now, what is the most rewarding and most difficult thing about blindness, in your opinion, from your perspective as well? The most rewarding, there's multiple, so many things. I mean, for example, I can't see you. I can't see anybody. So one of the huge blessings is I can't judge you based on what you look like. It's like reading a book. You You don't judge a book by its cover. You have to open it up, read a little bit of the forward or the preface to get an idea what the book's about. I've got to talk to you. I got to meet you to get an idea of who you are, what you're all about. And that's a blessing. And then 
you know, things, you know, as, as much as I like nice things, it makes me realize I can't see certain things that are around me. So I don't care. So, you know, it makes me realize the value of people, all of us, each and every single one of us, and how truly important we are, because that's where life and happiness exist, in my opinion. That's just a couple of examples, if you will. Some of the negatives, the hardest things to deal with is I can't just jump in a car and take off and drive by myself. I'm so dependent on other people to help me get from point A to point B. And that stinks at times. And, and then the flip side of not being able to see you, I can't see the smile on your face. I can hear it sometimes, but I often a lot of people, if they don't speak up, I don't know they're there. And I've literally had people say, well, Lonnie, you know, it's kind of rude. You didn't speak to me the other day. I didn't know you were there. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's got to say, have, uh, hi. Yeah, you have to speak to me first. You know, and I'm sure you go through the same thing. You know, people don't approach you because they don't know what to say, how to handle you. Or, yeah, I've been through that. Yeah. And the, the, the fact is, why treat me any different? Why treat you any different? We're people. Come up to us and talk to us. Naturally, for me, being blind or someone I know like in a wheelchair, don't come up and grab us without speaking to us because you'll freak us out. But speak, introduce yourself. Let's, let's have a conversation. And then another thing that's really hard for me is not being able to see nature. You know, I'd love to see my family, see nature, be able to drive. Those are the most difficult things, I think. Uh, well, don't feel bad about the driving because I don't drive either. Not because I can't like visually see, but mentally I can't see. Let's put it that yeah. way. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does make sense. Now, what advice would you get to someone who just learned that they were blind, honestly? Well, that would go back to, you know, breaking down the verse, acknowledge it, acknowledge it, swallow foolish pride. You know, I'm going to go back to my acronyms here real quick. Uh, and I think this goes out to all of us. Three emotions, I think, hold all of us back than most or than any. And that's foolish pride, fear, and pity. The first thing is foolish pride. There's nothing wrong with being proud of who you are, what you've done, but when your pride takes you to a level that you can't accept help from others or you can't humble yourself, then it's foolish. You know, there's nobody got to where they're at in life without somebody helping them, teaching them, guiding them. I don't care who you are. Nobody can move forward, truly move forward in life without that same thing. And so, you know, when it happens, just swallow that foolish pride. And that foolish pride leads into fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence about reality. If I can't do it by myself, they're going to think I'm weak. They're going to think I have no value. They're going to think I have no purpose. They're going to think this, or what if I can't? What if I fail? Or what if I succeed and expect it all the time? Or most of the time, it's just false. You're not going to get hurt. People truly want to help you. They're not going to make fun of you. You got to say, hey, I need help here. Yeah. And, and ask. And then that leads into the, all those, both of those lead into the one I think is the worst of all, pity. P-I-T-Y. Pour information to yourself. I'm useless because I'm blind. I have no value because I'm blind. Whatever the case may be. And whatever makes you feel so sorry for yourself that you can't get up and move on. And that's, you know, just, you can't. Ask yeah, you for can't help. Dwell, you said earlier, you cannot dwell on it. It's going to bite you in the butt, honestly, yeah. if you do. You don't dwell on what you love. You know, try not to dwell on. Focus on the gifts you still have, the things you still can do. And there are just so many things that you can do. And I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. The beauty of you being you is you're unique. When you were born into this earth, there's only one of you. And that's so awesome. You're the only one that has this unique set of gifts that you have. We might share similar gifts, but you're the only one that has this particular bundle of gifts that makes you you. And, you know, we need to focus within that bundle of ours. And then your gifts are mine. Like you doing this podcast, you doing these things and enlightening me and doing it. It gives me something to listen to. It gives me a perspective. It gives me so much value. Your mom being a teacher, you know, the same thing, the, the doctor, the lawyer, the carpenter, the truck driver, the farmer, the, I mean, endless. If they didn't do what they did, then I wouldn't have those gifts given to me. Right. I agree with you. And that actually leads me to my next topic, which is the school that where I obviously learn about you. And I mean, I knew you a little bit back then, but where I learned you more about when you spoke to my mother's class. So you keep speaking at my school and they like you, but why do you keep coming back to that school? And I don't want to say the name because of privacy, yeah. but yeah. why do you keep going back? And that's not the only one, but I keep going back because one, it truly is a blessing to me. 
when I get to hear the questions that I get at, you know, get asked the questions I get asked, sometimes it makes me pause, just like the very first question you give me today. You know, I've never been asked that before. It makes me think and, you know, I get so much value and I learn from all of those kids. And then hopefully at the same time, I can give them a different perspective, a different viewpoint and, and hopefully add value and thought to their life and educate them on how to handle someone who is, or, you know, blind or, you know, what we're doing and kind of along the same lines as like you said, your mission statement, get rid of the stigma of blindness, of disability. That word disabled, I understand it. I appreciate it. It has a purpose. But on one hand, it, it has that value. But on the other hand, I don't like it because disabled means not able. Well, there's not a human being on the face of the earth that couldn't be classified as disabled. Yeah, or perfect. Or, yeah. Yeah. And no one is perfectly able or to do everything no. or, or a perfectionist. I made mistakes. Yeah. I'll admit it. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think about that, you know, it's like I said, all of us have things we can't do, which just not our gift. You know, I was never going to be a professional basketball player. I was never going to be, a, uh, you know, uh, the singer, the, the, the new secret singer or whatever, <laughs> however you worded that in your last podcast. I don't remember how, how you worded that. Uh, a mystery singer. A mystery singer. Yeah I, uh, yeah, I couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But man, look what I can do. Who would have thought that a blind guy could do the things that I've done? If you'd asked me before I lost my eyesight, I'd have probably said they can't do it either. Yeah, but you're not the blind guy, Lonnie. You're just the guy. Oh, yeah, I'm just Lonnie. And, but the cool thing that, I, that, like I said, that's another blessing of blindness is to realize, you know, if we will just help each other, what can we not do? The sky's the limit. Yes, sir. One time you help someone, you're just upping, you're helping up, you're upgrading them and yourself. I think I'm upgrading myself much more than I upgrade them. I truly do. I get more out of doing the things I do than I truly believe I ever provide others. Now, from your perspective, how would you describe my mother? <laughs> Some of that I'm not going to go into. I'm not going to go into the description. No, <laughs> but the, your mom is a super sweet lady and a very passionate person who truly wants to make a difference. And that's why I think she she does her job so well. Is she believes in what she's doing and she believes in people. And, I would uh, agree with you because I'm not going to, I have a whole spiel about teachers not getting paid enough, but they don't make mm -hmm. enough money. And to go into a teaching job because you want to, that blows my mind. I mean, I know there's like ways you can teach. I know some are just for the money and extra stuff, but because you want to make a difference and you want to teach kids about a certain English and find a way to make difference with special education. I mean, I mean she's not a special education, but I know she mm -hmm. has utmost respect for those type of people. Yeah. It's just amazing. It is. I look around, you know, one of the things that blindness has afforded me is to see the best side of humanity. There are so many people out there who truly do care and are compassionate. And, you know, I go back to that pity thing I talked about a little bit earlier. It's absolutely right to be compassionate and have feelings and concern for others, but you just don't take it to a level of pity because if you pity someone, it stops you in your tracks, it stops them in your tracks. And I think about like your mother, that's, that's a thing with, yeah. she has compassion and then she tries to think, okay, now here's where we're at now. How do we get around this? How do we move forward? And that's, that's awesome. She's exactly. a special person in, in my opinion, she's been special in my life for, for several years. And I would I, agree I, with I that with what you were saying earlier, you know, if you keep trying to pity, you're eventually going to intersect and crash in my opinion. And I didn't say like with that mother question, I agree with everything you said. And I'm not, I mean, I'm kind of obviously biased because it's my mother. But at the same time, I would have said that from an outsider's perspective, even if she wasn't. For sure. And, I, you know, I think about you, man. I, I mean, it totally cracks me up because I remember meeting you. She probably was in the third grade, something like that. I think the first time I met you and growing up and used to, you know, you was a young man who talked to me in like one word answers, one word statements. And I think now I look at you and I think, wow. Well, first of all, thank you. And I'll tell you why I do that. I'm not shy person. I'm a very open guy, mm -hmm. but it takes a while to get to know you. Let's put it that way. So I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm like the, Hey, yeah, I'm great, man. It's either cause I'm really focused or it's because I'm just, I don't know you well enough quite yet. You know, I'm like, mm, I don't know you well enough. I want, I'm just going to give you this. So I can be yeah. polite and respectful, but as I get to know you, I'm, I open up my heart a little bit. I've got two cousins who's, who's on the, on the autism spectrum and totally different ends of the spectrum and 
you know, I think uh, about them and, and where they're at, you know, one, the one young man now is in college for graphic design and it's, it's more than graphic design. It's uh, animation and stuff. And it's just, I look, I think of the stuff that, that he does and I am just absolutely blown away and think, man, where does that come from? And it's just, just what a gift, what a gift, you know, and the same thing with my other cousin, you know, it's uh, a little more uh, severe, if you will, and on the spectrum. And, you know, but I still look and think all the time when it comes up and it, talk, it, it always brings a smile, you know, and I think what a gift, what a gift. It is a and gift I, to make someone happy each day. That's mm-hmm. a gift or even one person happy. I mean, I got friends who make me happy every day just to say hi. I mean, goodness, that yeah. makes me in the best mood of the day, probably. As you all know, and we talked about this earlier. You got to come and talk to us. You just have to. And we need to talk to each other and open up to each other and all yeah, open up, open up our, yeah. not our hearts, but open up, open up the couch, I guess, when you're trying to look for something is what it reminds me of. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. It is cool. I think now when you spoke, there was one thing that did hit me and it kind of uh, resonated with me in your presentation to my class. And you may have spoken about this as well. You mentioned a teacher saying you were a C student. First of all, that kind of made me mad, but could yeah. you elaborate on that? Yeah, I'll never forget. I, I attended Vincent's University for a couple of years, and I took an English comp class, writing class, because I wanted to, to learn. You know, I knew my writing skills needed to be improved. So he gave us an assignment, and my very first paper, I turned it in, and he read it and looked at it, and it probably wasn't that good, but... He called me to the front of the class and he said, Lonnie, he said, uh, what's your major? And I told him, you know, it was robotics. And he told me, so you're taking this class because you have to, not because you want to. And I told him, I said, no, it's partially true. I have to take an elective, but I'm taking this class because I want to learn. He said, yeah, but you're taking it because you really have to. And he put a C on it. Every single paper I handed in to him after that. And I worked hard on him. I literally handed the paper to him, watched him put a C on it and hand it back to me. And I thought, man, the only C I got in college. Fast forward it to a few years back, I wrote a book. You know, I dictated the book to someone. They put it to print. He sent it back to me and I edited it on my computer. That book became an Amazon bestseller. And I think now I I wish that gentleman was still around to where I could take my book, throw it down on his table. And say, here's here's the C student. Yeah. Here's your C. Don't define me. Don't define me. Where I'm from, my, the fact that I'm blind, you know, all these things, they're a part of our lives. Everything about us, our entire past, it's a part of us. But individually, those things do not define us. Oh, we yeah, can't know. Sometimes some, these students are like the geniuses of the class. Yeah. They just don't know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't let anyone define us. Every one of us has the ability, the power, if you will to define our future for the most part. We truly do. I mean, there's going to be obstacles along the way, but all in all, we control our destiny, our definition. We can't let others. They can influence us. They can help us. They can say whatever the case may be, but it ultimately relies on us. I agree with you. You're the one who can say, hey, I'm going to make it. Bye on you. I'm not tolerating this baloney. Now, you also, as I send the bio, you contacted, you contacted, you kayaked the Grand Canyon twice. So why did you decide to kayak the Grand Canyon twice? Well, I've actually done it four times now. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit of an upgrade there since uh, since uh, your mom, I think, knew about it. I don't know why I even told her that uh, and you guys. But initially when I did it, I was at what we called an out-of-sight clinic for blind, visually impaired people. I went to Montana to kayak on whitewater the very first time. And after that clinic, I had a gentleman ask me, he said, Lonnie, the head of, of an organization called Team River Runner. And he said, Lonnie, how would you like to be the first blind veteran to kayak the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon? And I thought, wow, what a vision. And me, it instilled a dream. And then when I was going, I knew I was going to be guided by all these other disabled veterans who all served overseas in combat. And my parents asked me the same thing, said, why? Of all the things you've done, why do this? And I told them, I said, you know, I said, I have to. I said, these guys and gals give me their best, give me their best, let alone our country. And I said, they deserve mine. And so we went, we wasn't sure what we could do. We wasn't sure 
you know, as a matter of fact, I was told I probably wouldn't kayak most, but it just worked. We kept building and kept building and we ended up kayaking the entire thing. Yeah. Do you think that the ones you said, you're not going to do a lot, did that motivate you more to do it? Sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I have a passion to do some of the things I do. I push myself outside my own box, if you will, my own comfort level, if you will, because it needs to be done. I do all this as safe as I can. You know, there are inherent risks, but we try to take all the precautions we can take to do these things. But yet it's just like you with this podcast, you know, you want to break the stigma. You've got, you got to show what can be done. And you know, I, I truly do that with that thought in mind is look, guys, gals, look what, what we can do. Yeah, what and, we can do. Not mm-hmm. what you can do, what yeah. we. It's yeah. a teamwork effort, brother. It really is. Yeah. And I absolutely believe that wholeheartedly. If we all give it our best, you know, and only only we individually know if we're giving it our best or not. Dude, man, I, <laughs> it's, just, it's just endless. I get it. Don't worry. Oh, I know you do. I, oh, I know I do. you do. So... Yeah. When you kayak the Grand Canyon, what accommodation did you get? Or like, what were some of the tools that you had to use, basically? The only thing that I used the very first time I did it, different than somebody with eyesight did, is sound. I was just like every other kayaker. I had a kayak, a spray skirt, which connects around my waist and then connects around the ring of the cockpit of the kayak to keep the water out. I had to kayak that skirt, a life jacket or PFD, a paddle and a helmet just like everyone else, the five essentials, where they used their eyesight to navigate, I used the voice commands. They were yelling at me, hup, hup, on me, on me, turn right, turn left, charge, charge. Just the sound of their voice out in front of me and or someone behind me, you know, give me a little. And, and that's good. That's the goes back to that teamwork effort, as I mentioned earlier, it really does. <laughs> so, it's so cool. To me, it's a cool feeling to truly trust someone that much that they've got you and and to know that those people have you to be able to we got to be leery out here in the world because there is people out here that that want to create harm to others and issues and problems but man there are so many people out they just want to make it happen and to be a part of that unbelievable right that really is it is unbelievable it truly truly is unbelievable yeah i mean I've did a few mountain climbs since I talked to you last. You know, you, you mentioned Kilimanjaro over in Africa. I've also I went and I climbed Mount Aconcagua down in South America, which is the highest peak in the Western and Southern Hemispheres. It's 22,841 feet high. The only mountain peaks higher are the ones in the Himalayas. Uh, that's awesome, bro. Yeah. That really is. And why don't we go get into the Mount Kilimanjaro while we're thinking about it. So why did you decide to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? What made you decide that? I was doing a little mountaineering out in Colorado with a friend of mine who lost his eyesight in Afghanistan. And when it was over, you know, he said, hey, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro. Why don't you join me? Let's do this together. And I thought, wow. So, uh, but the unfortunate thing is just before we were to go over there, just a few weeks before we were to go over there, he developed spinal meningitis, took his hearing, leaving him not only blind, but deaf. And at that time, the only way we could communicate with him was to spell letter by letter in his hand. And I can remember telling him, I said, I'm not going to climb unless until you can climb with me. And he yelled out. He said, no, no, no. He said, you climb it for me. You climb it for us. You climb it for all of us. I knew I had to do it. And you did. And you literally climbed the mountain. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like I said, I think about that every time I climb anything. I think about that. It's like I said earlier, why are you doing this podcast? Because we need it. Why am I doing the things I do? Because we need it. Yes, we need it. This isn't a want anymore. I mean, first two, it was, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Now through this journey, I'm turning into you almost saying, I have to do this. And you do. And, and you well know you're making a difference in so many people's lives. Uh, not, and, and it's not only those, in your case, who are autistic or on the spectrum. It's not only for me, those who are blind or visually impaired. It's all of us. It's our families. It's our friends. It's our neighborhood. It's our country. It's our world. You know, I remember I, I was kayaking, for example, over on the Zambezi River in Africa. And when I got done kayaking the, the Potomac Gorge over there, I had a local African man. He told me, he said, Lonnie, he said, you know, over here, we don't teach the blind. 
we simply have them stand on the corner and beg. You know, do they really think we have no value, no purpose? But the truth of the matter is that man told me that because he wanted to let me know he was able to refocus his mind and see someone like me from another perspective. And I have been told now that over there, they're teaching the blind to garden, to build, which is something I've done. That's impressive. I got to admit, that's really cool. And that actually leads to me, my next topic I'd like to talk about, which is you teaching others to kayak. So why did you decide to teach others kayaking? Same reason, because it's to let them realize, wow, if I can do this, what else can I do? And it's just another quiver, arrow in their quiver, if you will, of, of things they can do. And truly watched it change. You know, I, I don't change their lives. I've just been so blessed to be there when I watched them decide to change their life. That It is that thing of, wow, I can still do this. Wow, I can do that. Something I've never done. And, you know, and it's so extreme. And so if I can do that, I can go and I can do this daily life stuff. And it's just powerful. Now, I am curious, when you do demonstrate kayaking, what's the number one thing you try to teach? What's the most important thing we could take from kayaking? What do you try to teach about kayaking? Believing in yourself. And that's the number one thing I try to teach in everything I do. That is the number one, is to believe in you, believe in your value, your purpose, your worth, because you are valuable, you are worthy, you have a purpose, you're needed, you're wanted, you're loved. Those things are the truth. That is my passion. Every one of us have to look in the mirror every day and say that to ourselves instead of all this negative stuff. That's the truth. The only way to get rid of negativity is to ignore it and believe it is bullcrap at the end of the day. You know, you, there, there's an exercise I read in a book once that said, at the end of the day, say three things. You'll write down three things you're thankful for. And at the end of 30 days, you know, you'll, your, your mindset, you'll, have, you'll shift your mindset and to think more positively. And I truly believe that, you know, and I had a gentleman, I was doing a corporate retreat gig one time with, with one of the corporate executives and he introduced that and he said, you know, the first thing might be very easy to come up with. The first thing you're very thankful for that happened to you throughout the course of that day. The second might be a little more difficult. And the third might be very difficult to come up with. And I told him, I said, no, wait a minute. I said, I will disagree with you. The exercise is good. Don't misunderstand me. It is a great thing to do. And I truly do think it works. But I said, if three things is all you can come up with, I said, you're missing the boat. You know, because I said, I'm missing the oars. You, you may build the boat with three. But you need more yeah. stuff, man. I would would have went 10 or 5 or something. Yeah. And, and you should. You know, I truly do. I think as, as I was sitting there, I said, listen to all your voices. Do you count all those voices as one thing to be thankful for? I said, there's like 15 of you here. That's 15 things to be thankful for. The smiles, the laughs, the sound of the birds, the wind, the trees that are surrounding us, the smell, you know, just everything that's out there. You know, every time I step over a, a root or a rock and I get a past it, I, I just think, Hey, you know, that was an obstacle that I overcome. So what obstacle can overcome next? I said, you know, that's the mindset that you got to try to develop. Is uh, there are so many more great things that happen in our lives than a few things that happen negatively throughout the day. Sometimes, sometimes the day will be, you know, the day I shot was just a horrible day to look back on. Back then it was a horrible day. But you ask me now, if I could see tomorrow, would I? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And if, if, I, if I, will you remember that day in five years? Yeah. But if I could go back and change that day, not a chance. Because look at all the things, all the blessings I've been given, all the people I've met. I would not have the privilege of being on this podcast with you today if I had not lost my eyesight 24 years ago. And I think, why change that? Why change that, man? You know, yeah, you're all awesome. change. Why change? You're, yeah. you're great the way you are, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Amen. Amen on that. Now, I think we need to hear a word from our sponsors. We need to hear about the bar on Maryland Ridge. So let's get to it. There is a hidden gym in eastern Greene County, folks. Fowler's Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge Wedding Barn. Autism Rocks and Rolls is very proud to tell you about our friends, Perry and Renee Fowler, and their place of business. Both Fowler Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge is a relaxing drive approximately 15 minutes from the heart of Bloomington, Indiana, and an hour south of Indianapolis. You can find them at 5347 South Greene County Line Road, Bloomington, Indiana, 47403. The property has numerous picture locations. 
items, including several rolling fields, antique tractors, red and rustic barns, trees, and much more. Customized wedding packages are offered on their website. The surrounding area also provides several hotels in which to have your guests stay for your destination wedding. Also, Fowler's Pumpkin Patch is a family-owned and operated seasonal pumpkin patch. It's the perfect place to take your family for some fall fun. Enjoy picking out pumpkins, hay rides, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Call the Fowlers today at 812-327-4895 or 812-325-6022. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, please check out the wedding bar because you'll definitely hear the words I do after you go there. Now, Lonnie, I am curious. I noticed that the media started to pay attention to you a lot after people started learning about you. So when did the media start paying attention to you and how did you feel about it? Well, the very, the media started paying attention to me after my first Grand Canyon run in 2013. And back then I was like, oh, wow. It was very surreal, very humbling. I was like, you know, I'm just Lonnie. Well, you know, just let me go do my thing. And (laughs) so, you know, the more I've done it, the more I've realized that you know, I kind of needed to put myself out there if I truly want to help other people. I still find it to be very surreal, very humbling because I am. I'm just Lonnie. I'm no one special. I've just been blessed with opportunity. And, right. Uh, I'd agree with you there. But out of curiosity, since Amia is listening to your story, do you think the world is becoming more understanding of the blind? Yeah, I truly do. Of what's possible anyway, for sure. I, I thought I agree with you 100% on that. I think... As time goes on, people are understanding the blind, the deaf, the neurotypical. I think they're starting to understand that, hey, we have talents. We're here too. Hello. I'm talents, value, purpose, yep. everything. I think, I think we have all those now. Now, mm-hmm. I am curious. One of your probably the biggest thing you got to be on was the Steve Harvey show and NBC's Today show. So how'd you get on those, brother? <laughs> well, I really don't know how the Today show found out about me the first time. And they come here at the house and interviewed me. And then they put it on, on the show. And the second time I was on the Today Show was after my last trip down the Grand Canyon. And folks from Google, and uh, drawing a blank on what that's called now, where you, you can go on Google uh, and find a little bit of that trip. And once they, they did it, you know, they had all of us on the show and just kind of interview us. And the Steve Harvey Show, believe it or not, well, I, I was floored. My daughters did that for me. I have no idea how they did it or how they pulled it off, but they contacted the show. And when the show contacted me, it was after my first Grand Canyon trip. They brought me up there under the premise that I was going to be up there to talk about my Grand Canyon trip. And the first two questions they asked me was about the Grand Canyon. And right in the middle of my answering the second question, Steve Harvey interrupted me and he said, you're not here for what you think you're here for. And he brought my daughters. I had no idea my three girls were at Chicago at the time on the state. I had no idea they were there. And he brought them out and they were thanking me for being dad and how they pulled that off. I don't know, but that's uh, that got you pretty good. I saw that. Oh yeah. And they got me good. And it still does get me the pinnacle of Anything I ever achieve in my life will be the Being fact super dad. that those three girls will come up to me and throw their arms around me and say, I love you, daddy. That, that's, that that's, that's, that's nothing you can't ask for. That's love at yeah. sight, brother. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I don't care what I climb, what I kayak, what I do. That, that's, that's it. Now, what about the Bobby Bones? How did that happen? <laughs> I'm not 100% sure how that came about either. Bobby Bones, you know, was doing a series, an episode of Jobs and Adventures to bring attention kind of the, the story that people do, you know, like, for example, he worked on win, one of these windmills. He did some underwater welding, I think, and just the different events. But somehow or another, I think they reached out to Team River Runner and Team River, you know, about kayaking with disabled people, disabled veterans, disabled kids. And they introduced my name and boom, there you go. And they said, hey, yeah, that'll be a wonderful story. You're trying to teach him how to kayak. He was awesome. He was good. Steve Harvey was amazing too. Just a super, super nice gentleman. And same with Bobby Bones, you know, this super nice guy. And if you haven't watched the show, you know, go on there, but I'll try to spill the beans since it has been out there. You know, they wanted to hopefully swim a little bit, but he didn't. But yeah, we could have took him on some lines where he would have. <laughs> I tell yeah. everybody he didn't swim because, you know, he had, a, he had such a great instructor. <laughs> that, that's exactly why. <laughs> Now, I also want to talk about your speaking engagement. So when you do speak, what is the one thing you love to speak about when you do speaking engagements? Well, they're all over the board. You know, it really depends on what 
the organization or company or whoever I'm speaking on behalf of or to, typically much easier if they'll give me you know, a topic or, or a point that they're wanting to, to drive home. But all in all, it's really a story about my life. And most of the time, the majority of the presentations are just kind of more of a motivational thing. Yeah, yeah, stuff like this happens. But, you know, if we will let it go, work together, you know, be innovative, expand our vision, trust each other and just not quit. Don't ever quit. Right. Don't ever quit and expand your your vision. I like that a lot. That yeah. is that's a title for your uh one of your talks because that's if it's not that's a good title for you right there. Yeah, yeah, cool. I I've been told I need to write another book and maybe I should. But expand your vision. That that would be your title right there. I'm telling yeah. you, I, I buy the book. I'd buy the book. The first thing I saw that and it was by not if it was by you or if it was by you, I'd still do it. Granted, <laughs> but if it wasn't, but if it was by someone else too, I'd buy it yeah. as well. Is the plan yeah. I'm trying to make. You know, all my experiences, and I, and I tie all those little things into the experiences throughout my life and the people, that, you know, from the rock climbing and skiing and you name it. And uh, dude, do you ever get out and do any of these kind of things? What? Do you ever get out and ski or water ski, snow ski? Uh, I, I go out and jet. I Not where I'm from. Sometimes I'll, I like to go out and jet ski if I could. I'm going to go to Florida here in a week. So I'm going to jet ski. But I guess I could try water, water skiing, I guess, next time it gets cold. Yeah. How about uh, parachuting? You want you everyone jump out of an airplane? Oh yeah, I wanted to go skydiving, bungee jumping. I I can't get my parents. I tried already. Believe me, I have tried. Like uh -oh. I have begged. I got on my knees before. That's how bad uh -oh. it's been. But okay. I'm, I just learned I have to do this. Got to be and make your own adventure tour and do it myself. So I'll get there. there. You go. I'm gonna get on your mom about that now. Yeah. Hey, what are you telling me? Did you? Why have you not had him out? doing this stuff yet thank you lonnie i'll ha you're the man for that i'll appreciate that <laughs> oh I, I like you already now you also served our country so first of all thank you for your service it means a lot to to me and a lot to everyone else probably but why did you decide to join the navy what made you want to serve our country you know first of all i want to say it's an honor to have done that i mean i truly do feel that way kind of a multitude of things back then you know was, I was just getting out of college and just getting married and I needed a job, going to have, you know, going to have a baby and I needed a job. And kind of at that time, you had to have experience and it's like, you know, here's one way for me to get experience and then do something that I think I'd be proud of. You know, I had my family uh, history throughout my family of people who have served through generations and, but, you know, let's do this. And I decided to go with submarines because it's something that no one else in my family had done. And I did it for nine years. I would agree. It was a privilege and honor to do that. Did serving our country teach you anything or like any life lessons? Yeah, because, you know, I was in, it was, uh, it truly taught me that level of trust, uh, you know, because even though I was in a submarine, we all had our jobs and we were in certain drills or certain maneuvers or certain missions. If someone, one person screwed up too bad, it could cost all of us. So we truly had to know our job well, know what hard work and education and, and trust in each other was really all about and teamwork and, and uh, true friendship. Now, I also want to talk about you are also associated with the Wounded Warrior Project. So what drew you to the Wounded Warrior Project? And I am drawn to that myself as well. Yeah, you know, I was, I'm not eligible for the quote unquote Wounded Warrior Project because it's just for post 9-11 veterans. But initially, I was working with them as a peer mentor, as a mentor for other guys and gals who were coming back overseas injured and mainly the blind or visually impaired. Now, quite honestly, you know, I, just being honest, they told me, well, you're a little too old to, <laughs> to be a mentor for these other blind people and, or for the, you know, I, I kind of think they're a little wrong. So I work with a lot of these other, you know, organizations and stuff. And yeah, like this shirt, like I said, Move United, under Move United, there's 200 and some other nonprofits out there that are helping everybody and doing all sorts of adaptive sports. And I don't care what it is. I have rock climb, ski, kayak, you know, you name it with Every disability that you can, if you will, that you can name from anyone on the spectrum to TBIs to, you know, incomplete quadriplegics to quadriplegics, paraplegics, you know, blind people with MS with you name it. I mean, I, I don't, I truly don't think there's one out there that I haven't done something with. And it's just been mind blowing. Now, have you met people through the Wounded Warrior Project? Have you made any like close friendships or through there? Well, 
I've definitely met people through all these organizations and just doing all these events. And quite honestly, sometimes uh, so many that I can't remember them all, which I hate to say that, but, and then not being able to put a face to a name or look at them and say, oh yeah, I remember you. You know, I tell everybody all the time, I say, man, you look familiar. <laughs> but, uh, it works uh, with you. It worked. <laughs> Now, you haven't changed a bit since last time I saw you. Yeah, I've definitely made a lot of friendships and a lot of really, really good friends throughout all these events and adventures and all these organizations. Now, we're going to have to hear about, we're going to hear another word from our sponsors as we hear about Perfection Autoglass. So let's get to it. Perfection Autoglass is the largest independent autoglass company in the state of Indiana, serving Bloomington, Fishers, Terre Haute, Greenwood, Anderson, and Muncie. They specialize in all aspects of auto glass repair and replacement on everything from domestic and import vehicles, RVs, heavy trucks, and equipment repairing glass, outside mirrors, windows, regulators, and motors. Perfection Auto Glass has trained and certified technicians that recalibrate the camera attached to your windshield to ensure your lane departure warning and ADS safety features are working properly. Their staff has more than 100 years of combined experience and uses only uses the highest quality glass and sealants in the industry. If your windshield or windows are damaged in any way, just have them replace it or repair it as soon as possible for the safety of you and your loved ones. They offer both in-shop and mobile services as well as same-day service. Perfection Autoglass works directly with all insurance companies and their staff is committed to the highest level of quality service and attention to details that customers have come to expect. They understand that getting your vehicle back on the road as soon as possible is important to you. You can visit them online at perfectionautoglassindiana.com to learn more about their services and for a free quote, which I think is kind of cool, by the way, may I add. But anyway, please call Perfection Autoglass for any and all your autoglass needs. All right, and we're back, and please check them out because they'll be perfect for you. I need to get the windshield on my vehicles changed because they're 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 tinted a little too much for me to be able to see out of them. So oh boy, well go to Perfection All Glass. That's a good spot. <laughs> now I know Lonnie from previous, and I've when I've heard you are a dancer. Obviously, uh, I like to dance. Yes, yeah. I. What? Why do you find dancing so enjoyable? What's enjoyable about it, man? I don't know. It's just freedom. It's just joy of just just an exp- a way to express yourself and be happy. My daughters actually taught, you know, they're the ones that initially taught me how to do a lot of this dance moves that I do. You know, I do a lot of swing dancing and stuff like that. And that's, yeah, yeah. Then when you get to dance with someone, you get to meet someone new. And it's so, a win win for everyone. It really win win, baby. Well, at least for me. Now, the people I'm dancing with might, might not think that. <laughs> well, for you at least. I'll imagine it's you right now, Lottie. <laughs> Yeah. Now, with your daughters, you said you had three. How do your three daughters, do they assist you with you being blind? Like, do they help you move around or tell you, oh, that's the, don't run to the desk now or anything like that? Uh, not so much anymore. Initially, they kind of did. And, and sometimes it's quite the opposite. Instead of assisting me not to run into things, they intentionally uh, created obstacle courses for me. For example, I, this room I'm sitting in right now, you know, the doorway right to my left, there's a passageway through there. And before I remodeled it, it was just a doorway. And I made them mad. I don't remember what I did, but I made them mad. So they rearranged the furniture and they put an end table right in front of that passageway. I was just walking along through my house without a cane and I tripped and went head over heels over that end table. <laughs> and, uh, that was payback to dad for making them mad. And I heard them all snicker. And, but I got to admit, that's the last time they rearranged the furniture in the house. <laughs> hey, at least they learned from their lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, no, the, my oldest daughter lives, you know, she lives about 11 hours from me. My middle daughter lives uh, about eight miles. And the youngest one, about an hour and a half. I don't get to see them a whole lot. So, yeah. Now you're also, though, a grandparent. So when you found you were, you would be a grandparent, how did that make you feel, brother? Oh, man, I'll tell you. I told my girls, if I could have skipped parenthood and went straight to being a grandpa, <laughs> I'd have done that in a heartbeat because I uh, didn't have to feel the responsibility, you know. My girls laugh. They say, uh, you know, well, you didn't treat us important. like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You didn't treat us like that. Well, you know, get over it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man, I like my grandkids better. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Now, Lonnie, these are just for fun. So the first one is what is your paradise meal or your favorite food? And why is it your favorite? Ooh, 
Ooh-wee. Well, man, I just love food. I like seafood, a good crab legs and shrimp, and then, uh, you know, to a good pizza and, uh, wow, uh, homemade chicken and noodles and dumplings. I just like food, man. Uh, I get it. Food, food is good. <laughs> I, I'm a big wing eater. That's me, a big wing eater. A big wing eater over here. Yep. Like chicken wings, that stuff. Yep. Flats yep. or drums, doesn't matter to me. I'll eat yeah. it. Sometimes I, I think I want to make the bone too much. I ate the bone by accident. <laughs> that wasn't a fun time. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so what is your favorite movie or TV show and why do you like it? My favorite movie was Tombstone. I always liked Tombstone. And don't ask me why. I mean, uh, I'll be your Huckleberry. And that was a good one. And then Top Gun was a good one. I always liked Top Gun. You know, and today even, you know, I like, um, I don't watch movies as much, but they do have things out there, movies that, they call it descriptive video, which is so cool because in between the dialogue of the actor or actresses, they will, someone will break in and set the scene. So I can literally sit down and watch a movie by myself if it has descriptive audio with it. It'll kind of set the scene of what's going on while they're doing it and I can follow right along. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, it's One a, of my it's friends um, who I interviewed um, and C149 meet Dr. Laya K. David Covey. He said he didn't watch movies because there was none like that in Britain, I think. But we may have to transport him or tell him about that. And if he, he if he can get on the internet, he can get someone. I will. Yeah. I'll tell him. I'll make sure to tell him, actually. Now, what has been your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? And why did you enjoy that vacation very much? And it could be your Grand Canyon one or just anyone you just took with family, a friend, or you're called brother. Oh, my favorite vacation or my favorite. I'm going to go with my favorite adventure. It's going to be the next whatever it is, the next one. I just like experiencing things and doing things. So whatever someone comes up with that they want to do, let's go try it. Yes, sir. Let's, let's go it. try it. Let's have a blast and do it. Let's have fun. Why not? Yeah. Right? Exactly. I would agree with that. Now this is the final one. Are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, before you answer, I like a good memory that made you just feel good inside like your Steve Harvey one did. And a funny memory that made you fall on the floor, not but not literally. Uh, <laughs> good memories, man. Well, my, yeah, being on my girls doing that for Steve Hart on the Steve Harvey show was actually a good memory, and just all these places I've done. For example, one of the funny memories is uh, when I was going on my first Grand Canyon trip. The guys that were picking me up, you know, I didn't have a cell phone at the time, and they called my house. And my youngest daughter answered the phone. They said, hey, Lonnie, is, is your, Lonnie there? I said, no, this is a home phone. I said, well, we're out here to pick him up, but we've never seen him. We don't know what he looks like. How are we going to know it's him? And she chuckled and said, well, it'll be the guy that's wearing the bib overalls, the cowboy boots, and the PFD walking through the airport. <laughs> when they came through, they all just cracked up because that's what I had on. Hey, at least you got it accurate. And they didn't go, where is that guy? Damn, he's a hard one to find. Yeah, for sure. Well, Lonnie, I think that we're going to wrap it up here. Do you have any closing remarks? You know, first and foremost, I want to thank you for the for the honor and privilege of being on your podcast here. And, and you let share a little bit of my words, if you will. I wouldn't say wisdom. If we, if we, if we had wisdom, you would have all the wisdom. I'd provide all the dumb. But <laughs> yeah. Lonnie, you don't have any wisdom. You make a plunger joke going the, up the other way. <laughs> Yeah, but no, a parting word is, is to everybody is truly believe in yourself and your value, your purpose, your worth. I know I said this earlier and, and in each other and just simply work together and get rid of that diss and, and, and look, at, look at each other and, and what we can do and help each other to do it and lean on each other and smile on me, brother. Thank you again, Mr. Bedwell. Lonnie, have a great day, buddy. You too, Sam. Have a good one. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.